Hello, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to a new episode of the Seriously in Business podcast. Today, I have a guest to share with you, and it is someone who I've worked quite closely with for a long period of time. I used to have a branding service where I would work one-on-one with someone over a series of about eight, seven or eight, six, seven, eight calls, and we'd make their brand and we'd create a brand together. Anyway, I got to know Sarah and I was like, this is an incredible woman who's doing incredible things. And I think that she's going to really help you today. So Sarah is just such a a gun at sharing how business owners, particularly women in business, can craft a life and a business that actually supports them for what they want to have in life. Like for so many female entrepreneurs, it's not just about the money. It's it's a lot about creating a lifestyle that's going to support us to be with our family, to be actually doing the things that matter to us and making an impact in the world. And Sarah is really great at helping us to actually do that <laughs> rather than getting caught up in business and spending too much time on things that we don't care about or things that don't matter to us, but actually working out what our priorities in life are and creating a business, creating systems, creating a framework that's actually going to help us to do what we believe is really important in our lives. And Sarah's got such an incredible passion. She's got such an incredible story. She's going to share that with you in this episode. Um, And just the journey that she's been on, the things that she's learned along the way and the way that she's able to then articulate that to help us to, to... to make real change in our business that's going to help support us for the longevity of, of our business is so, so special. So I'm so excited to share Sarah with you. So if you don't know Sarah, she is from New Zealand. She is a mum and she is direct and honest. And whether she's at home or in business, she believes in everything being straightforward. Her passion is to flip the script on how women, especially mothers, show up in business. Hence the Moxie movement, which is a beautiful movement that she has created. Amidst the chaos of running a business, she's faced burnouts, missed cherished family moments, and pretty much had the she has to do it all, or she's done it all hustle attitude. And it's kind of led to things that aren't so great. And so through her journey, she's mastered the art of reshaping her business and life to fit together, not the other way around. So she's here to revolutionize how we as women weave our dreams into success stories so that we can create a business and life that serves our legacy. So let's dive into today's episode. If you're listening on the podcast, welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. And I'm so excited for you to hear these really practical and really inspiring things from Sarah. Welcome to Seriously in Business, the podcast for all things branding, design, marketing, and business strategy for your small business. I'm your host, Jackie Norton, pro graphic designer and coach at White Deer Graphic Design. This podcast is for small business owners who love to have fun and take their business seriously. We'll be diving into DIY graphic design and the crucial role that it plays in building a successful business, business that is not only your passion, but is taken seriously by the world. You'll also learn key branding insights from yours truly, as well as gleaning marketing strategy and business advice from guest industry experts. I've supported hundreds, if not thousands of women over the last 10 years to transform their brand and design and in doing so, helping them to build successful and sustainable businesses while living the life they love. And today I get to help you do the same. Join us every week for a new episode to fuel you with inspiration, equip you to thrive and to get you looking seriously in business. Let's dive in. Welcome Sarah to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to be here and hang out today. I'm wildly excited as well. So, um, Sarah and I got to know each other. I'm assuming it was towards the start of this year. This year has been a blur for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and and we did, we did a rebrand of your business and it was just such a fun, incredible process and such a ginormous shift for you. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. I think it was also just like the most scary thing for you was a very scary thing for me. Such a huge shift. 
Um, Johnny said to me the other day, he says, every time I see one of your old brandy things, he's like, I just want to burn it away. Johnny's my husband. He's like, just like, I used to think it was okay, he said, but now just compared to the new one, just it's rubbish. Just got to get rid of it. Oh, that's exciting. I was actually, um, I was putting together some presentation slides for a masterclass I'm about to present for Sarah. And I was like, I'll do a before and after. And I was like, this is a great before and after. This is my favorite before and after. So yeah, good times. <laughs> Any hoozles. Not what we're going to chat too much about today, but I do want to touch on it a little bit. Um, but what I do want to talk about is, is, is you, because when I was in this interview process with you of getting to know your brand and getting to build that out so I could create a brand for you, I was just really struck by how passionate you were by your deep mission for what you do and who you want to serve and the change you want to make in the world. And I think it's incredible and I think it's inspiring. And I think there's a lot of stuff that particularly us women in business can learn from you to help make life a little bit more um, better, (laughs) to use like a very boring word to encompass a huge idea. But before we get into all that, I wanted to just ask you a question I ask all of my guests, which I think is actually going to be a really great segue into our conversation. And that is, what does an average day in your life and business look like? So from getting up to going to bed, like where does work fit in? What kind of chores do you do? Like what does your, your average day kind of look like? As little chores as possible as the answer <laughs> to the chores piece. Um, so an average day looks like for me, I get up at five. Um, we have a girl who's now 11. She comes to the gym with me. So we get up at five. Us girls go to the gym, work out till 6.30. Uh, we go, a uh, new thing we've added in uh, is that Scarlett wants to swim in the ocean every morning, which I'm, it's not super warm yet here in New Zealand. So um, so we swim in the ocean, a uh, little dose of uh, vitamin D, which we've found makes getting her out the door to school super easy because it's the dopamine hits in the cold water. Uh, so from there, home, you know, breakfast, showers, everyone getting ready for school. Scarlett catches the bus at eight o'clock and she heads out the door. Then I kind of chill for a little bit often, um, have a coffee, do a little bit of reading, a little bit of journaling, just sit in the sunshine at this time of the year uh, and then dive into my day. So, and that couldn't be anything from some onboarding calls it could be some sales calls with my clients it could just be some really focused work on creating content so uh, my job is to take uh, complex I guess uh, business challenges and turn them into simple step-by-step processes that the women that I work with can use Um, I might have the odd crisis call if something goes on uh, unexpectedly pregnant client would be a a crisis call or I've had some health challenges with some of my clients recently so there's some of that uh, uh client call and then I can wake up about three-ish 3.30-ish um I'd grab some lunch sit out in the sun throughout that time um and by the time Scarlett gets home at four I'm sort of aiming to be cruising into the end of my day so I can help with a little bit of homework or whatever needs to happen we have dinner early in the evening at this time of year we try and sit outside not inside because it's nice here now uh, and then that's kind of the end of the day. Bit of game, play some, play some games, read some books, chill. That's kind of the average day. It's very um, easeful now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's been, I think that's really cool that you've been able to create a life that that looks that way. And I know that it's been so, so, so wildly intentional on your behalf to make it that way. Before I get into some questions around how you've kind of done that and what the processes look like for that, I wanted to just give the, give my listeners a bit of an overview, I guess a brief overview of like your business life so far, because it's not just been this little 
this little business, this business that you have now, it's been quite a long journey. So could you just give us a bit of a summary of what that's kind of looked like? Feel free to weave in any um, learning lessons you had in that time as well. Sure. So I think I was incredibly um, blessed to be born into a family where it wasn't work hard at school, go to university, get a job. Um, I grew up in a farming um, family. So I grew up on a big farm in the uh, king country here in New Zealand. And until I was 15, that's what I was going to be. I was going to be a farmer because that's what I'd been seeing. About that time, my father had what I guess would be termed a midlife crisis. He's probably about my age now, uh, in his 40s. And he went, they're doing a terrible job of selling the meat I'm producing on the farm in Auckland. So I'm going to go and I'm going to sell it. I'm going to go gate to plate, which is uh, not quite 30 years ago, but close. So like the concept of gate to plate before it was really, really cool. So uh, my dad was always one of those people that was having great ideas and implementing them straight away often too early I guess for the marketplace but he was still doing those things I grew up in a world where that was kind of normal and so we had always um I don't know if other people have this experience but my parents rules around money were if you need it we'll buy it for you if you want it you can pay for it which meant like you get hand-me-down clothes if you want something cool once you got to you know teenage years you had to buy it so we all had always had work and our skills figured out pretty quickly that there were things people wanted that we could bag up and sell so it was things like pine cones in the winter we made a pouring trade off of pine cones um the sheep pellets from underneath the wool shed was great fertilizer for roses so we made a roaring trade off of bagging that up and um selling it so we we'd been in little businesses from a very young age um and then so I decided I wanted to be a business, left school a year early, did a, started a business degree and was majoring in accounting and marketing. 12 months in, I was like, is this it? Is this, is this all you require me to do at university? And so ended up getting a full-time gig at an accountancy firm. And by the time I was 20, um, I'd finished my degree, uh, 21. I'd finished my degree and I was bored with accountancy. I wasn't going to be an accountant. That wasn't going to work. Um, and so I ended up running mum and dad's uh, meat business because they had entered a joint venture with McDonald's, um, of all people, uh, doing ready-made meals. And so big learnings there, right? So farming family with very little uh, business background and certainly no corporate background, clashing with a very big American corporate client. So there was lots of learnings in that um, because the culture fits really different. So I think that was one of the first points where I went, oh, like, how you do things matters um, for me. That was probably a big learning there. And then after a little while, um, I'm a New Zealander and we all do our OEs. And so I got itchy feet and I went off to Thailand and ended up living over there for a little bit. Um, over there, I picked up my husband. Um, he was my boyfriend at the time, obviously, to begin with. But that's where I found my husband. He's English. And he was running a kayaking business and I was running one of the local dive shops. Uh, so he had a little business there and um, he would say, I interfered in his business. I, I think I helped. I thought I was very valuable. Um, and it was like the ideal business. Like when you look at those people with the laptop lifestyles, we kind of had that. The busier our business was, the less work we did. <laughs> and then we accidentally came back to New Zealand, or we intentionally came back to New Zealand and accidentally bought a boat uh, that was a cruise. People were like, how do you accidentally do that? And I was like, literally, we went on the boat to look at what they were doing and go, how could we add kind of a teak barge thing to our kayaking expedition here in 
uh, in Thailand because we could buy this beautiful teak barge, big boat for not very much money in Thailand and add it into what we were doing. And so we literally had our notebooks out and we're going, this works really well and this is what we do differently. And at the end of the trip, the business owner was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going off to Indonesia to work on this project I've got up there. Do you know anyone that might like to buy my business? And I went, oh, we'll buy it. And, and my husband was like, sorry, what? Sorry, again, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend at this point. We were earning Thai baht, so we had no money. Um, we're sitting on bar stools. I think he actually like wobbled off his bar stool when we were having this conversation. Um, because he was like, oh, we have no money. What will we buy this? I was like, oh. Anyway, talked numbers. Didn't hear anything else for ages. And then when I came back to surprise my mum for her 50th, there was a letter there for me saying, hey, I want to sell you my boat. I want you to buy it on the 1st of December. Um, it, this was in September. Uh, here's how much money I want for it. This is how the takeover is going to happen. Johnny was in England. I was in New Zealand. We still had a business in Thailand. And so we just raced through it to try and figure it out. And so by the 1st of December, I was here in New Zealand running an overnight cruise boat in the Bay of Islands. And that's how we got started in our businesses in New Zealand. So when I say I accidentally bought a boat, I really did accidentally buy it. And we bought it with no money, like none. We borrowed all of the money, some of it from the bank, some of it from the vendors. And that summer we paid off a quarter of a million dollars um, of this vessel. And then the GFC hit. And so uh, it was a terrible timing in terms of buying a tourism business, but it taught us so much. And it also taught me that the harder I worked, the better the results were, which was a, was a story I took into the rest of my career. Like if you work hard, which translated to if you work long hours, you'll get results which was fine when it was just Johnny and I and we were living on the boat and it was kind of what we did. But as our lives grew and got bigger and I tried to jam everything around it, that became working 60, 100 hours a week. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, and I was a little bit addicted. So we bought that business and then 12 months later, we bought another business. And then we just sat on those two for a little while and then we decided we'd have a baby. And so we had a baby and then we had the baby. I was bored now. And so I we got into another business and so now we have another restaurant and then we built a second restaurant like honestly it just got off the chains ridiculous 60 100 hours a week working really really long hours um I had all these underlying beliefs around I couldn't ask people to do something if I wouldn't do it myself so I'd work on Christmas day like I did all sorts of crazy things um and then went oh you know what the reason I'm struggling with my team is I don't have enough skills and tools to get them to do what I want. I'll go and learn how to be a coach because then I can coach them through what I want them to do, um, which involved 12 months doing uh, coaching and stuff uh, free for people. And at the end of that, people went, oh, how do we carry on coaching with you? And they started paying me. And so now I've got five businesses. Uh, and that was kind of the beginning of the end of the hustle and grind, Sarah, 60, 100 hours. I was like, this is not working. I'm not, I'm exhausted stressed I don't have a relationship really with Scarlett I certainly don't have the relationship I want with Johnny and so then we spent three four years five years I guess unpacking that hundred hour week down to the life the ideal day that I kind of live now and, and so it's been a bit of a journey <laughs> that's great <laughs> I knew I knew that would be a good story and, and I delivered um yeah thank you for sharing that I love hearing I loved yeah, hearing that journey and the yeah, from 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 where you were with those what five businesses to where you are now is just polar opposites, and I just see you helping so many people to 
change that as well for themselves and actually be able to create, I guess, systems and ways of doing business and working out your priorities to make sure that the business that you create matches the lifestyle that you want. And so if someone was listening to this and they were like, Jackie, I'm kind of feeling like past Sarah here where she's kind of working too much, um, but like you were probably a little bit enjoying it, but also it was just not sustainable. How can, how can, what are some first steps we need to be able to take to start to to shift things for ourselves, to really work out our priorities and really work out what we want from life and business? Yeah. So I think the reason I got in such a state was because I was working from a, a paradigm of working the hours that a business owner would work. So I was running my business like I didn't have a husband and I didn't have a family, but I was also mm. be a wife and a mother like I didn't have at the time for five businesses. Uh, and so the very first thing to recognize is the way that most businesses are set up are for someone that has a wife. And by wife, I mean a housewife, someone who takes care of running your home and does the primary parenting for you. And so when you recognize that most of businesses set up that way, you have to go as a woman, if you are choosing to be a, have someone as your significant other and choosing to be a parent and choosing to run a home, you're going to have to do some things differently uh, because the way that it's set up won't gel with you. So that's, I guess, the first thing. It's not you that's broken. It's the freaking system. you got to get out of the system. <laughs> Break the rules, man. The rules for us don't work. So, um, and then I'm very clear on the fact that I am building businesses and my clients are building businesses to serve the life they want. When you talk to women, it's always about, I want it to work around being a mom. I want it to work around all these other people that I serve in my life. And secondly, it's around impact. They don't go, oh, I want to have my name on the building and make seven and eight figures. Like that's not how women talk about their business. They talk about the impact, the difference they can make. And so when you figure that out, then you can come back and go, okay, well, what do I want out of life? And therefore, how can I build my business to serve that rather than the other way around, which is we build our business and then we jam our life in around at the fringes mm -hmm. so that the people you love the most are getting the rest of you instead of the best of you. Yeah, that's it. I feel like you say that phrase all the time. I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I was that person, right? I was yeah. absolutely giving the best of me to everyone else and the rest of me to Scarlett and Johnny, which wasn't much. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we created in the rebrand was this really cool calendar thing that you have that you get people to put like, they have to write down their priorities for their life and they have to write down different colors, sticky notes and all of these things combined together to make sure that you're actually having forming your calendar in a way that supports what you believe you want your life to look like. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just found that was such a cool concept. Yeah, I think because one of the things we teach people is that we always have time and money for the things that are most important to us. Mm. And so when we say we don't have money or we don't have time for the people we say love, we love the most and matter the most to us, what we're actually saying is you're not that important to me right now. And I, I had that story. Like I remember saying, Scarlett, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. I definitely said it to my husband. I'm too busy to do that thing with you. Uh, and if I could change one thing, it would be that. If I could go back and, and take that phrase out of younger Sarah's life, I would because um, it's okay to say that to people that don't matter, but the people that matter, you shouldn't be saying that to. And so I want uh, 
the woman that I work with to be really deliberate about where am I spending my time because you can have a business in the baby and it's going to take you being very deliberate with your focus, energy and time. The money will follow. Uh, and I think we get hung up. We do it the wrong way around. We get hung up on the money and we forget about being really deliberate about our time, focus and energy. And so I say, I make them decide what's most important to them. And I put it in the calendar first. Uh, and more than that, I get really bossy. And I say, actually, you know, the person I want you to put in there first is you. Because we're so busy giving to everyone else. We've, you know... Um, sorry, I can't remember who I was watching. And they said, to be a good woman is to be good for everyone else. And I was like, oh, that is so what we're taught. Whereas I want to flip that script completely and say, actually, to be a good woman is to look after myself first so that I can be great at all these other things. And so I had them put that stuff in first. And then you can also see where things start to pile up. I Particularly, we're coming into the end of the year. We we're recording this in November. And so people try to start to jam like so much business stuff at this time of the year. But if you're a mum, like there is Christmas parties and end of season this and activities and school camps. And so if you want to be present for those things, you can't jam your business calendar full at this time of the year as well. And so it just gives them a real visual representation of how do those highest life priorities start to fit together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important to think about because otherwise, yeah, life just and business I guess the way that we just expect to do it just builds up and we don't really realize that, oh, actually now my life isn't matching what I say is important to me. Those phrases of, yeah, like I'm too busy for you right now or just wait a, yeah, it's just so hard to work out. Yeah. That balance. And I know that systems a lot can help with mm. that to be like, okay, so these are my highest priorities. So these, this is what I actually care about in my life and in my business. We still don't have more time. So how do we, how do we make that work? And I think you said that systems are, are a really great help to that. Yeah. So I guess I think about a couple of things. I, because as women, we do a lot of the free work. You yeah, work for free in your house a lot. You cook, you clean, you do the laundry, you do the parenting for nothing. Now, if you think about how much you'd have to pay someone to do all of that, if you took all of those jobs and went, I'm not going to do any of those chores, I'm not going to do any of those things, it can, it can add up pretty quick. Um, I remember seeing a divorce case where a woman actually sued her now ex-husband for the cost of the child, like all of the work that she'd done. She'd given up really, but it started in the same career and and she got lots of money, right? Like it was hundreds of thousands of dollars a year but, that she had given up to have this role. And so I think because we do a lot of work for free, we value us as worth nothing our time is free our time is cheap our time is easy it's just quicker to do it myself it's just cheaper if I do it myself and that involves us getting busy instead of getting deliberate and so that I guess is the first thing is that systems allow us to look at our time and go well if I'm investing in myself and my business well when I do that I can create 200 300 a thousand dollars an hour and I can pay someone $50 an hour or less to do all these other tasks that I like the outcome of. Like, I like having a clean house. I just don't like cleaning it. And I like having clean laundry. I just don't like having to wash it and hang it out and fold it and iron it. Um, so I need slash like the outcome of having those things, but I don't have to do all that work. And so I start to outsource all of that by seeing that my time as a businesswoman is incredibly valuable. I also look at the way I parent and I don't just assume that I need to be there for anything and everything. And I go, well, what does great look like for Scarlett? What does she actually want from me as a mum? What does she actually want me to be at? 
and I make time for those things. And it turns out driving her to and from school every day is not the thing that she likes. She actually quite likes catching the bus with her friends. So I can then go, well, that wins me back a couple of hours every day. If I invest that in my business, then I've got more time to be present somewhere else as well. Mm, yep. Okay. Um, yeah. So I didn't answer that with systems, but kind of talked about why systems are important because it allows you to value your time more, I guess. So if you, we get down into, so you've spoken a lot about like life kind of systems and life yeah. kind of things. What are some ones that we can also use in our business and yeah. kind of make our business run in a smoother way so that we're maybe less time needed in there as well? Yeah. So then the very first thing that I always say is where is your time going in your business? So, cause it's going to be different for everyone. So some people are spending way too much time with employees. So if you've got a team, there's a really good chance you're spending way too much time being interrupted or you're doing firefighting. So those are some systems I put in right away. So people go, Oh, see, I don't get time to work on my business because I'm constantly dealing with the fires and the interruptions. And I'm like, well, so then we need to plan for those. Oh, Sarah, I can't plan for them. They're unpredictable. But if I ask you, how often do you have an interruption or a fire in your business? You go, oh, well, I have them every day or I have them every week. And I'm like, well, then they are predictable. They're predictable in that we know they're going to happen. What's causing the problem is that you're not making space for them to happen. So let's put some space in to happen. Uh, and so that's what one of the very first things we do is we put in firefighting time. That's for stuff that has to happen in the moment that's urgent and important. So that one we move around in a more um, sporadic way. And then interrupting time is really about saying to team members or customers or even family members, like I remember saying to my mum, you can call during interrupting time, mum, and I'll help you with your zero problem or I'll help you with your um, but interrupting time, in which means I could get focused work done in the morning and then one o'clock in the afternoon. When I started, it was from like 1 to 4 p.m. I had a lot of employees. Um that's interrupting time and so at that point in time I would then have everybody come and ask me any questions but it did mean I could still get some focused work done because the shifting cost is really hard for you as a business owner you're um if you were working on someone's designs and then someone like sent you a message and you're like oh god now I've got to go and do that that shifting cost mm. loses somewhere between 18 and 22 minutes every time you shift tasks that's uh really hard so like when I talk systems, like for me, it's really about rituals that you will put in place that you communicate a boundary and then you hold the boundary that mean that people have to work around how you want to work, not the other way around. Oh, that's really good. I remember listening to one of your episodes on firefighting. So if anyone's interested, check out that episode on Sarah's <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, that's that, that's such a great point. And, and that idea of, um, yeah, like, making specific times for specific things or allowing at least a time block that can be shifted around as needed so that when like, oh no, I've got to fight this fire for half an hour that actually, no, I do have the time for that. I'm just going to shift that from when I scheduled it in for Thursday afternoon and put it on Monday morning and I'll continue doing with the rest of my life. And on Thursday afternoon when I was going to be firefighting, I've now get to do some other things. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then you get to a point where um, you firefight first and then you're like, okay, what caused the fire? Because mm-hmm. if all you're doing all the time is pushing the fire out. The fire will keep, you know, sparking again. So we want to go and look at what broke that. And people go, oh, it's employees. The employees aren't doing the job properly. And I'm like, okay, let's have a little dig in that. And as a general rule, uh, it is a system problem first and foremost. I'm always like, okay, cool. Where's the system this person was supposed to be following? Like, oh, we've always done it. And I'm like, okay, but where's the system? Like, where's it written down? Where's the Loom video? Where's the project that they're following? Oh, well, it doesn't exist. They just got told when they were onboarded. And I'm like, okay, cool. So knowing how much information we all have to retain in our brains, you're now expecting your employees to retain all of this again. No wonder they come and ask you so many questions. So I always say it's a system problem first until we've built the systems. Once there's a system, on the assumption that they are following the system, it's always a system problem. The only people problem we ever then have is that they're not following the system. And that makes it so much easier because now all of those, oh, I'm too scared to tell them they're not doing a good job, go away because all of the conversations about, hey, that system doesn't look like it's working super well when you're following it, where is it broken? And that is a much easier conversation to have than you're not, you're just not doing a very good job. (laughs) (laughs) That does feel scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. That's really, that's a really good point. I remember I've like, as a solo business owner last year, I remember when I first hired my, even my VA, um, it was really actually quite overwhelming for me to think I'm going to hire someone now. How the heck am I going to show them how to do all of these things? And and then, like now, I, most things have a system-ish, not all. <laughs> and it's and it's yeah. like, yeah, let's let's put these in because then there's less, like all of the things I can think of. Like, oh, I wish they would do that this differently. I'm like, have you actually said that you wish that they would do that differently and then put it into a system, or do they actually understand the whole process of doing that? Do you do you have any tips? I want to ask maybe maybe two ways of this. Firstly, for the person who doesn't have any team yeah, and for the person who has a team or two or three or four at the moment. So first I'll go to to the first one. Is it worth having systems as a solo person? A hundred percent because you can delegate to technology Mm. to uh, um, a contractor who comes in sporadically to do work and it takes the cognitive load. So what you would have been experiencing, so when you went from being a solo business owner to having a team member, previously you retained all of that systematic stuff that you do day-to-day in your head. And that limits your ability to be creative, that limits your ability to make good decisions, that reduces your ability to have energy left at the end of the day. So the cognitive load is huge of that. So just the relief of we call it downloading your mind, but downloading your business out of your head and down into a, a piece of paper, we call a success map. What's the map that gets us through our business successfully? What are all the steps? What are all the pieces? So we download that and then we build each system piece by piece, kind of like building Lego, right? Get the bag of Lego and you have all the steps in it. That's what you're looking to do. So first and foremost, it, it lowers the load that's in your head so you can use your brain for the stuff that's more valuable, more fun, more playful, um, and and ultimately have some stuff left over for the people you love. Uh, secondly, it means technology can do more stuff for you in a deliberate way. So generally what I see with solopreneurs is they just 
build it. They get a new software and they get very excited and they just go crazy and they go build everything in there and then they can't work out why it's not working because there's no systematic way that they did that and the way that it talks to other softwares is clunky or things break and you can't find where the hole is. So that's the second reason. And then lastly, you can use contractors on a temporary basis to come and help you out. If you've got a team, it's a game changer because there are only two sets of expectations that you have in your business. One is behavioral, which is your really clear set of values. So how are we building the culture? How are we going to treat each other while we're on this journey of business together? Or the operational expectation, which is what we do. That is, when we open the shop, this is how we put the sign out. This is how we bring it in. When we onboard a client, this is how we do it step by step. And if you have all of that stuff in a format, someone else can pick up and run with it. Makes it easy to recruit because you're like, here's the tasks I'm recruiting for and here's the behavioral expectations I'm recruiting for. And it also makes it incredibly easy for them to teach someone else. It doesn't become Chinese whispers. Oh, Jackie told me this. And so then when that person's, they were, Jackie's told Jane, now Jane's telling Julie, um, you know, you've got Chinese whispers inside your business where it's not exactly the way that you want it. And so if you want it the white deer way, the systems allow it to always be the white deer way. Mm. Look, it sounds so simple when you put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I totally it, but it's so complex. I'm like, yeah, people make it really complex. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, even like from the solo perspective of that idea of taking away the mental load, like there's so many things that I just almost forget now in my business. And I just have to go to my my system. Like, oh, that's how I do that again. Res. I either forgot it and had no clue how I did it again when it was a task that didn't get recurred reg- regularly, or I was just yeah holding all of this stuff in my brain that I've got a capacity, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and so if you think about it, we have huge capacity because most of us are also running our homes and our families in there as well. So as women, we're so used to running it all in here. Like you know when everyone's birthdays are that need to be shopped for and Christmas presents, and school events, and playdates, and you retain, absolutely, we have huge capacity for it, and imagine if you put that brain capacity to something that was really valuable in your business, imagine how much you could create, imagine how much impact and value you could create. Yeah, and I think, kind of, as you mentioned as well, there are so many little systems that we can use, even as a solo person, of like, different like I'm still implementing different like zaps in my business in Zapier to kind of like connect this like if a payment fails over here that it makes a task me over here and sends this email it's like there's things that I can take off my plate that are just mundane almost kind of similar to those tasks that you mentioned earlier of um the switching switching task is that the language you use the swapping the switching yeah yeah, yeah the task switching yeah. where it's like oh a fail like I've just seen someone's whole program got cancelled what happened and it's kind of like firefighting and switching tasks between what I was doing because I've seen this kind of urgent thing come in and it's like well actually that could have all been taken care of if I popped in a system no one else is doing that system but it's all kind of happening with technology and so between that and between actually writing things down and documenting it for our team and there's so many different apps that can help you document things too like i get i think i get advertised this one i haven't used it yet but you can do like a screen recording thing and it writes down all the instructions and takes screenshots oh. and i'm like i was just so talking about this on monday and now the name of it's going to completely <laughs> escape me but it was, yeah super cool so you like plug it in it's a chrome extension and you plug yes, it that sounds familiar through and you do the recording and it literally types up the standard operating procedure for it so if you're someone who works on a computer a lot that's just perfect so yeah. good yeah yeah 
Yeah. And so they're just, just different things like that. We can work really clever in our business. And that stuff, though, it takes us working on our business and giving ourselves time to do that rather than just doing the firefighting 24-7 and just getting ourselves more fires and more stressed when we don't because we're not allowing ourselves that time in the first place to create the systems. Yeah. And so whenever I'm talking, they're like, I just really need systems. I'm like, awesome. And we're going to sort your time out first. Yeah. Because if you haven't got time to do something, you're never going to have time to, like, we're never going to get the system sorted if you're not making time to do it. And that's the only way that we can move it forward. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you're listening. Even even like just working out where you're spending your time, I think is that really great first step of of of, of jotting that down. I think you kind of do you have a resource for that that helps you kind of work out. Yeah, where you're absolutely. So we have the ideal week advantage where I literally go through it with people and I say, look, take this very basic worksheet and just track where your time's going. Like who's actually using up the most of your time? Because sometimes it's a client, sometimes mm. it's an employee, sometimes it's a process you're doing. Um, I was working with a client the other day and he's like, God, I spent four hours doing this stuff. And I'm like, mm, how about we try doing it like this? Like, how about we transcribe it? And then we, you know, like we just played around and built out like a four-step system. He got back four hours every week just from like things together because he was having to uh, give feedback to clients after a whole lot of sessions. He's a swimming coach. Um, and he was like, oh, I was like, hmm. and I, and because I work across a number of different sectors, I was like, oh, I feel like we could use this bit from over here and this bit from over here, I'll plug it all together. And he like spent, I think it probably took him six hours to get it working correctly for him and doing it all as automated possible. He's like, oh my God, I got back four hours every week. Um, that's amazing. And that's the snowball effect of when you look at your time and go, what is it that's taking up most of my week? And then getting pulling those pieces out where we can just makes such a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So if anyone wants to just an easy takeaway from this, I think doing that task and then also working out what your priorities are in life to yeah. make sure that you've got those at the top of your mind so that when you are making decisions for life and for your business, you can have those there so that you're not just, I guess, getting caught up in like, oh no, it's okay. I don't, it's okay. And then forever your life is just, that's okay. And it's not what you wanted it to be. Yeah, so that's that. I say yes when I mean no, you know, when you're yeah. going to ask you to do it. And if you're like me, I was the eldest of four girls and I was a good girl at school and I was a good girl at home. And when someone asks a good girl to do something, what does she say? Yes. Yes, of course I could do that for me. Let me put that into my already crammed schedule. Well, no, I really don't want to do it. Uh, and what you really mean inside is like, no, like I've already got a hundred hours. Like for me, I was like, I've already got a hundred hours. Where am I going to fit in the community work? But I did. Uh, and so you've got to have filters that allow you to say, this is a yes and this is a no. Um, and really, if it doesn't make you go, oh my God, hell yes, I definitely want to do that. I'm so excited to do that. It's got to be a no because your time is so limited. And you're, if you're a mum, you're a parent, your time is so limited with them at each stage that they're in. Just before we jumped on, I was like, I'm really enjoying this 11-year-old age. And, and every stage is different, and I'm sure I will enjoy more stages, but I just want to be in it with this person that Scarlett's becoming in that moment. And if I don't have time for that, because I'm saying yes to everyone else. So decision filters that allow you to say no to stuff is so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing everything. Uh, and thank you for letting me work on your brand as well. That was 
such a fun process. If you want to have a look, actually, I just, while you're watching this, listening or listening, you can watch or listen to this podcast in case yeah. you didn't know. Um, head to Sarah's Instagram. What's your handle at the moment? At Sarah Greener Coach. At Sarah Greener Coach and, and have a look at her current brand and then scroll down a little bit and see what it used to be as well and just and, 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 and see how it feels and just note the, like, just as a quick summary, just to inspire anyone who's thinking about doing a rebrand, I don't want to dwell on this, but what has changed for you after having a rebrand? Everything. I was, Jackie will tell you, I was such a reluctant rep. I'm like, I need to do this. I know I need to do this, but I'm not someone that thinks how things look is why you should buy something. Like I'm really not that person. And I said, Jackie up front, I'm not a super visual person. And so I'm going to be difficult. <laughs> so I can't visualize it. So what about this? And I'll be like, oh, I can't see how it's all going to put, put together. Uh, and the, the cohesiveness of who I am and the impact I want to make and the way my brand looks and feels and vibes now is amazing so people can just look at it and go oh this is who sarah is this is who the moxie movement is and it's changing the game dramatically i had a a friend at the gym come up she's like just have to come up and give you some yarns about what you're doing with the moxie movement she's like i love it i love it so much it's got this little bit nostalgic feel that throws back to my childhood vibes it's got so much energy jumping off the page and it just speaks absolutely to you. It's just you, Sarah, all over. I just love it so much. I just have to give you kudos because the impact that you're going to make with it is so good. So that is someone who knows me in person was like, it just, your brand is you now. It didn't say you before. So yeah. huge shift. I think huge confidence for my team and I, that we know that everything's cohesive across how everything looks and feels. We've got templates for everything. Um, the person that's the worst at following those is me. And that's, your team is great there and like yeah because we gave you a, like a, a huge amount of templates and I'm just yeah. seeing like those get applied and those get changed and those get like that template is now helping over here for this totally other thing and it's like yes I love seeing how we can just evolve it and you've got such a strong brand now you're like oh yeah I'm just going to apply that there rather than I use red sometimes it's <laughs> like <laughs> so your current your past brand I use red sometimes ready ready pinky ready yeah and it's not really yeah cohesive with me like i'm even starting to dress like my brand it's crazy there's a it's photo so beautiful to see <laughs> speaking of my retreat and the like a, a shirt that's the exact color of my brand and pink pants are the exact color of my brand and pink shoes you know cracks me up but love it so stepped into it and i think um, you held the process so well and that you really drew out who i was and who my clients were, and the impact I wanted to make for them, and you merged those together, and that's represented in the brand too. And so I feel very, very comfortable about it. I had nightmares about this brand change. <laughs> I said to Jackie, I said, "Literal I, nightmares, really, literally nightmares." I've got to call Jackie. I'm calling it off. I can't change the brand. It's too stressful. And then the day it went live, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I feel like I've come back to me." online you know like I know who I am in person but now I can see me online and that's been really powerful I can hear me in the words that are being spoken it's just all clearer so mm. so worth it power of clarity is just so wild especially when like when you're the person showing up in your business you need to feel like this sense of congruence between you, you how who you are and what you look like because otherwise it just feels like 
fake every single time. And then it's like, well, this isn't, this isn't me. This feels hard. Whereas when it kind of flows, it's just, it just flows. Yeah. And I think for me anyway, and this is, you know, you heard the story of my business journey. So it gives away that I'm a wee bit older than Jackie. Um, So I've been in business a long time. And so when I started out in business, doing branding is a big expensive exercise the moment you've got your brand, like if you want to tweak the name of something or wording in something, you have to go back to the designer and they charge you hundreds of dollars. And so I've always been really reluctant to recommend to my clients that they do that. And then Canva came along and it was a game changer. And I remember talking to a number of different people going, well, can you do it for me in Canva so that I can, because then I can update and adjust. And they were just so resistant all the way through. And I was like, this is because with Canva, if I can do it myself, I'm not coming back to spend money with you. Whereas I love that your business models just revolved around making that easy for small business owners because that's who I work with. I'm like, once you get it set up in Canva, like my brand kit's up in Canva now, it's just like easy peasy. I can get like Kirsty did a takeover on my Instagram for our retreat this weekend. She could put logos on things. She's it having, looks so good. She's having all sorts of fun. I was like, oh, I'm not clever enough with creative stuff to do any of that. But my team can really do all of that super easy and cost me nothing no design fees nothing um and so now i'm total convert you need a brand you need to have it set up in canva and you need to do it with jackie <laughs> <laughs> it. yeah and it was so much fun and like for me like i would love to, i could be it'd be it'd be fine to do everyone's design 24 7 for them but i'd probably be i'd probably almost be working for you 24 7 if i needed to keep doing all of your graphics because you pump out so much stuff and I, I don't have the time for that so it just almost makes sense to me like yeah Here's how you do it all in Canva. Here's a tutorial. Here's all your brand kit stuff. And let's actually equip you to do that rather than feeling like, yeah, you have to come back to me. Like, it just feels so impractical. Like for me, I want to change something every now and then. Why would I want to pay someone to do that tiny little change over and over again? Yeah. I. This is such practical. Yeah. And I think that's the evolution of the business world as well. Like I was doing my tax returns and stuff on paper when I started. Like the world has moved so quickly and so things didn't need to be updated or changed back then so quickly versus now like we just we have to have so much content for starters if we're particularly if we're online but secondly it moves and changes so quickly and so I think you know makes what's make makes Canva a billion dollar company right that and she fixed something that was such a huge pain point for every single small business owner and yeah so great so true. All right, let's wrap this up. I would love to know how people can connect with you. I know you've got so many incredible resources and your podcast and stuff. Could you let us know about a few of those things? Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast is definitely something uh, that we're dropping weekly. It's the Moxie movement. It's obviously everywhere you can find podcasts, so Spotify and all those things. Uh, we also uh, have loads of resources inside our community, which is called Business Freedom for Female Business Owners. That's on Facebook. Um, but probably the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram at Sarah Greener Coach or on Facebook uh, and slide into my DMs in a not creepy way and uh, we can hook you up with the group because that's where the actual trainings are held with the resources like the Ideal Week Advantage that we've talked about today. Those are the best ways to do it. I said slide into my DMs in a not creepy way because I've had people propose to me in my DMs um, from all over the world. Congratulations. (laughs) emojis even would you believe um which is hilarious i'm like so you can come in and we can chat about business but don't come in and propose i've already happily married thanks 
Noted. I will remember that if I was ever thinking about proposing to you via DMs in emojis. <laughs> Very funny. That's great. So, no, thank you for sharing your wisdom and insight with us, Sarah. That has been so, 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 so helpful. And, um, yeah, I'm just so excited to see how your brand continue to grow and evolve and serve incredible women in business. So thank you for doing a little bit of that here today. My absolute pleasure. So thank you for joining us for that episode. I hope you found it as inspiring as I have. I think I need to get down and work out a few more of my own priorities and create a few more systems for myself and first really just work out how my time's been spent because I am pretty flat chat, but there's some things that I know can give that aren't important to me. So thank you for joining us. I hope you found that so helpful. And if you'd like to know more, make sure you head over and follow Sarah on Instagram. Have a look at her old Instagram. Um, and yeah, I'll see you next week for another episode. Bye. Well, that is not the end. If you'd like to keep hanging out, join me over on Instagram at whitedeergd and you can see all sorts of tips, updates and more there. Or you can head to my website at whitedeer.com.au for more. See you next week.